welcome to another episode of Intelligence for Your Life, the podcast. I'm Kip Gerard. Folks, we have been uh, we've been sporadic lately because we have been banking some interviews, some really good ones that we're really excited to give you uh, in the coming in the coming months. So get excited for a whole new smattering of amazing interviews. Uh, I mean, that the interviews themselves aren't that amazing. The guests, the people that we get, they are truly incredible and inspiring. So we are excited to bring those to you coming up. But today we have one of those fantastic interviews. Alex Weber, he is the author of the new book, uh, Fail Proof. You can, he's also a TED Talk. He's also, uh, he's also given TED Talks and he's a, an inspirational speaker. But he's also, he's also been both the host and competitor on American Ninja Warrior. American Ninja Warrior, if you guys have never seen it, is, uh, I don't know how else to explain it, except that it's an insane obstacle course uh, that requires more physical prowess than, than I have. So we're going to talk about the lessons he's learned from his time with uh, American Ninja Warrior, as well as uh, just how to become the best version of yourself, how to, how to conquer your fears and failures. So don't miss this. But first, of course, we have to listen uh, to our uh, a quick word from our sponsors, including none other than our great Rocket Mortgage. This episode of Intelligence for Your Life is presented by Rocket Mortgage. When you need certainty in the home buying process with a loan that fits your life, Rocket can. All right, folks, uh, thanks to all of our sponsors. Uh, but here we go. Without further ado, my interview with Alex Weber. Alex Weber, I mean, you have an insane resume that includes, you know, uh, TED Talks and uh, American Ninja Warrior. But most importantly, you're the author of the new book, Fail Proof, Become the Unstoppable You. Thank you so much for being with us today. We really appreciate it. Oh, I'm so fired up. Thank you for having me. Uh, I, I, I am really excited to dive into the topic for your book. So your book uh, and your speaking, you have these, these six-step fail-proof system, uh, but you, you get more into embracing failure and using failure to never fail, right? I, uh, take us through exactly what it means to be fail-proof, how to become unstoppable. Uh, you know, I know it's a big, it's a super common concept with Silicon Valley, you know, fail fast, all this stuff. Uh, so how do you become, I mean, how do you become fail proof? Yeah. And I, I appreciate that so much. And, you know, I, I really think it begins with unpacking what that word means, uh, cause it's a very dense word and I think it is, you know, kind of a, a trendy topic. You just, like you said, fail fast, but what does that actually mean? Right. And what right. I really feel passionate about is that these happen all around us, these moments. And, you know, sometimes there's, there's big and loud moments. We lose a job or a relationship mm -hmm. ends, but there's also these micro fails that happen each and every moment of every single day. We have a misstep. We have a miscommunication. We make a mistake. I know I've done a ton of those Never. today. <laughs> and really in those moments is where most people don't have the awareness to simply recognize that, Oh, this is occurring right now. And also the opportunity to, to change it, to make things better so that the micro fails don't turn into macro fails. And, and that's really what excites me the most because, you know, in speaking and working with thousands of people, I found it's not actually the fail that keeps us back. It's the fear of failing that holds us back. So uh, distinguish that for me because, okay, so I, I want to get back to, I want to get back to something that you just said first. You talk about micro fails versus macro fails. Uh, I'm, I'm going to, I, I believe that, that oftentimes we allow the micro failures to color mm -hmm. our day to the point where we give up on our larger goals. 
Um, is that how the micro failures lead to macro failures or, or how do you distinguish those two and how are those two related for you? Well, well, that's such a great moment. And, you know, we all know the cliche of, uh, you know, if you, you make a wrong turn or get into an argument at, at, at breakfast, try not to let that ruin your day. But the real truth is that sometimes that momentum can get the better of us mm. uh, and, and it will ripple into other things. But what I've found, and this is what even fires me up the most, is I call them dangerous lies. And what that means is that at some point, someone said, you are or you're not this thing. You mm. are athletic. You are smart. You are creative or you're not. You're not good at numbers. You're not good at public speaking. You're not that funny. And because that was the feedback that we got, it starts to fester and it starts to infiltrate our identity, which is how we feel about ourselves, what we do or we don't do. Now, sometimes that it's not someone else who said it. Sometimes we very well may go for something, try it, give us our best crack, and it doesn't go that great. And then we take it as this hard truth mm. that we're not capable of doing that thing when in fact we are. And, you know, American Ninja Warrior was really on the biggest scale and really the most intense one that unlocked that truth to me. Uh, how, explain, explain how that, how American Ninja Warrior unlocked <laughs> that truth. I mean, because I, I, I watch it and I just think, you know, it's a, people that can do a lot of pull-ups and, and, and you make it through. So how does, how does failing on that stage or how does that, the mindset affect something like, like that, which is so physical? Yeah, it's a terrific question. And, and to really answer it, I got to just unpack one part, which is to say, you know, I played Division One lacrosse, which was my end all be all dream goal obsession all mm. through growing up. And then when it ended, I was referred to as a former athlete. That was just kind of a casual expression. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah, I know at the high level that you played water polo. I'm sure you ran into it, too. Yeah. And it's it, it crushes you. You try to be tough and mature and yeah, yeah, no, now I do business and that's okay. It's, mm -hmm. But no, that was an entire part of who we are, a source of self. Also, it's fun. It, it, it pushes you. It makes you feel alive viscerally. You're so part of something I bigger really, than yourself. A hundred percent. And I remember there was a couple of years where I really took that identity to heart as a former athlete. And my wasteland expanded. Mm -hmm. I would start to say things that weren't me. I would shy away from things. I, I wouldn't do athletics because I was like, no, 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 I'm a former athlete. I'm, you know, I, I'm past that. Yeah. And then American Ninja Warrior hurtled into my life. And when I first started, I was as a host. So I wasn't a competitor. I was hired by NBC at this time. You know, I had just won U.S. Lacrosse Coach of the Year, which meant it, you know, everything to me. And I, I went into entertainment and I was doing TV hosting and stand up comedy. And I was like, OK, that's who I'll be. I'll be like, a, you know, a bro, or Ryan Seacrest. Great. Mm -hmm. That'll be perfect. And what was so unique about getting hired to host for American Ninja Warrior was that part of my job, in addition to interviewing people and giving inside looks, was to attempt the obstacles. And it was just going to be this kind of comedic gag. Right. I'd climb up on these ridiculous obstacles and right. I'd fail. And I did that for By the way, one I think, whole season. I yeah. think the Olympics needs that. I think you need a regular person to just jump on the balance beam for a minute to show <laughs> how hard it is. I think that's a great little ad addendum that you guys put in there. But anyway, I, keep going. I agree. I, you're, you're not wrong because it was one of these where I remember just a quick little anecdote. There was one that was so tough. It was on the back half of a course, which is already the, the more difficult obstacles. And the TV cameras were all set up for to, you know to capture this this 
comedic fail. And they're like, all right, Alex, get on the obstacle. But to get on it, first you had to climb up two stories, which at this time I was pretty wobbly with heights. My mm-hmm. stomach was turning. I was afraid mm-hmm. of heights. And then even to get on the obstacle were these spinning grips. I couldn't even grab it. And it was one of the most humbling moments. I couldn't – I was failing before I failed. I couldn't even get on the obstacle to mm. then fail. Mm. But after that first season, what really changed everything in my life was the producers. You know, Entertainment is evolving and people come up with creative ideas. They said, Alex, what if you became good at this? And I was like, okay, uh, you know, so it's a big what if. <laughs> yeah, it's a big, it's a big, it's a big uh, 180 here. We're trying to pull here, but of course, it's for my job, my dream job. So that second season, now I was asked to succeed, not comedically fail, and I was still failing, yeah. and that really is what changed everything because then it planted in my heart. Oh, I need to get good at this. Mm. And so I started going to Ninja Warrior gyms on the outskirts of cities. I dove in the deep end, which is one of our steps in the book, and just surrounded myself in the heartbeat of American Ninja Warrior. And that is what ultimately led me transitioning from a host to a competitor on American Ninja Warrior, actually succeeding on the course. That's that's incredible. Okay, so so you talk about that being one of the things. What does it mean I mean, th- th- there's a very specific way where you had a very clear task. And I think this is where a lot of people struggle, right? Is uh, not even knowing. I, I, had a, I, had a, I, played, um, I played junior high football. And my coach used to say, uh, when you don't know what the play is, hit somebody. Look for somebody in the other jersey and you hit somebody, right? Which is kind of similar to what you're saying. You dive into the deep end. But I think a lot of us struggle in our day-to-day you had this very clear next step, which was which was delivered to you by a producer, which is you know get good at this and see and see what happens. And you knew you had what you had to do. You knew you, that you had to train for it. Do you have any suggestions for how to figure out how to dive into the deep end for people who might be a little confused about what their next step is, what their next big paradigm shift is? Yeah, and, and something in the book that I highlight before you know I even hop into the steps are some promises, and one of those promises is brave honesty. So what I would say is uh, when I first found out, okay, now I need to get good at this. What I did was exactly give how we started this conversation. I, I went and did some pull-ups at you know the gym, static, mm-hmm. right in a linear line, pull-ups. And I was like, that'll do it. And it was in my comfort zone. I'd have a pre-workout drink. I'd put on my music and my headphones and I would go to the gym and do pull-ups. And I quickly found out, oh, that's not how you get good at this. And what really it meant to get good at this and what diving in the deep end for me meant was no, I need to first reach out and send a text message right now to the best American Ninja Warriors and ask them, which is very uncomfortable, hey, can I come and train with you? Mm. Then I need to, on Tuesday night, drive an hour to the Ninja Dream, train from 8 p.m. till midnight, whatever they say to do, do it. Regardless if you're embarrassed, regardless if you're humbled, which I was a ton, frustrated, regardless if you're too weak to actually do it, that was diving in the deep end. And that is what I would encourage someone to do is so often these goals that we really want, we either lock them away and convince ourselves that they're impossible, even though they're not, Mm -hmm. but we just, we just rationalize it away because it's too daunting. Or this is what I think is more common. We hesitantly dip our toe in the water. And I've done that. That was me going on my own and doing pull-ups. And what I found to be the truth is that whether we hesitantly dip our toe in or whatever this is for you, diving in the deepest heartbeat of it, all of those feelings of frustration or uncomfortability or learning curve, they are a constant. But the difference is now you're actually in the heartbeat. So you're in it. 
you have an honest baseline of where you're at, plus you're meeting people who are actually good at this and they can help you out. So my point being, if, if someone wants to, okay, you want to run a Spartan race or do a triathlon, I would say find a group. Find a group today that can do it and just show up. Just show up and good things will happen. If it is that you want to get into real estate or start a business, can you reach out to a mentor today and ask them for lunch? Can you ask them for a 20-minute call? Is there something that we can just kind of speed through this barrier of mm. ambiguity and doubt and just make it real? Mm. Uh, so you, you, you mentioned this parallel between either just dipping your toe in the water versus diving all the way in. Is it enough if you're really nervous? to just do that first step? Is that enough? Or do you just kind of need to, to throw caution to the wind and do the biggest step you can think of? Yeah, it's such an insightful question. And, and in the book, I actually, there are two different steps. So the first one, uh, well, the first step of the book is actually claiming goals that actually matter, which we can get into, but it, it really is first identifying what actually matters to you in a mm -hmm. world where there's so much noise and right. busyness right. and other people's demands, what actually matters to you. And comparison, two, you know, I feel like comparison yes. is a big, is a big motivation killer. Oh, gosh, what should we do? And, yeah. and the varietals of keeping up with the Jones in 2021. Mm -hmm. And so what, and step two is make it real. And what I mean by that is what can you do right now? As you listen to, to give and I talking right now, what can you do? There's no step too small. Okay. So let's say it is you want to get in the best shape of your life. That's not going to happen right now, right. but maybe you can walk around the block or maybe that next meal changes a little bit, mm -hmm. or maybe you do five pushups. Awesome. What is so powerful about that? is it's gone from idea ethereal land into real world. It's in your life. It's happening right now. The momentum has started. And that's so beautiful. And then the next step is, okay, now let's go big. Now let's reach out to our boss and pitch that idea. Now let's show up to that workout class. Now let's have a meaningful conversation with that person we love, whatever it may be. But in that di deep dive action way, but it, but it does start with first just finding a small step to make it real. And, and I'll give one short anecdote from my life is that, you know, over the last year, my older brother, I, I love him so much, but we've had a strained relationship. Mm -hmm. So what make it real to me is we're not going to we're not going to drastically improve our relationship overnight. But when I hang up from this interview right now, there's this talk that we're doing. I can just send him a message and just say, hey, man, thinking of you. Or mm -hmm. send them a funny joke or, or something that he might get a kick out of. And though that might seem like a small thing, it's not because it will start to build. And so, okay. So, I mean, I, I like this because I think a lot of times people, you know, we, 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 there's so many motivational concepts out there that are just, you know, go all in, you know, like the rock, you go all in on your goals and you, and you let nothing get in your way. And some of us are like, well, <laughs> there's a lot of things to get in my way. So I like this idea that you, you do you do a small step first to or kind of orient yourself into this world, and then you look for that big step because uh, that that's actually that, that feels a lot more manageable. It's it, it's the it's the old anecdote about like uh, how do you how do you eat an elephant is one bite at a time. You know, it it, it, <laughs> it, it feels a lot more like that. Is um, you know, you you talk about uh, you have a TED talk called start start sucking. Um, and, and, and does this, uh, how does this align with that? I mean, I have, I have some assumptions there, but like this idea of, of just, you can be bad at it at first, uh, but embracing that concept of being terrible at something. Well, that's what, that's really what American Ninja Warrior unlocked for me is, and, and that has paid dividends in other things. For instance, I wanted, I've always wanted piano to be in my life. I just, I think it's a beautiful instrument and I was sick of saying, 
I've always wanted this to be in my life. Mm. And, and I think we all have that version of something. I've always wanted to do it. But life is life. It's busy. And the more that time goes on, the more it collects dust on a shelf and the more that life tries to convince us that it's not for us. Maybe in a different life or a different setting or if we had more time or money or means. But what I found is that if we are just okay with acknowledging that, all right, if we show up and we fully commit to this, there is a threshold. And this is what is so powerful. And I, I saw it all the time when I would coach kids is or young adults is the threshold of you show up and let's say it's shooting with your offhand just to use a jock example. Mm -hmm. Okay. You, you pick up the ball and you shoot with your offhand and it is gross and it's uncomfortable and, 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 and it's frustrating or you're playing guitar and your fingers are bruising. And you don't know. Mm -hmm. But after a while of showing up, or even if you're trying to learn a new CRM or operating system, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. after you show up and show up and show up, now you kind of are learning how the system works. Oh, okay. I have a couple short codes. I press control F and now I get this window or I know I have opened my shoulder more. Or I press harder with a finger. You start to learn a little bit. And after a few days or weeks, you cross a threshold where it's actually not that brutal to show up and practice because you're starting to identify little pieces that you're getting kind of good at. Mm. And that is the threshold. When you cross that barrier of now it's actually fun to go practice. Mm. I love training for Ninja Warrior. Even, and there's plenty of things that I still suck at a ton, but I love to go training because I've crossed that threshold where now it's fun. There was right. a long time where it wasn't. So I just encourage anyone. And, and what's also very helpful, you know, one of my friends is his engagement just ended. He's still going through heartbreak. He's still going through sucky moments, but simply the awareness that this will be a chapter and it will you know, to use a less than eloquent word, it will suck less and less and less and less, and then it will not suck at all. Right. That is the same parallel of learning guitar or learning an operating system. Sure. So I just say that to say that awareness of knowing that it will end, there's tremendous power in that. What you just described is a rocky montage for your life, right? <laughs> <laughs> slowly, it's just at first you're, you're not great at it, and then and little by little it all falls into place until you're, you know, you're, you're running up at the... Uh, up the steps in, in, in Philadelphia. So I, I, I love that. I love, I lo because I, I feel that same sense of motivation of, you know, step-by-step step growing in, in whatever it is that we're trying to accomplish. And I know, I mean, f physical stuff is such a, is a, is such a great metaphor. I think a lot of times we struggle to apply that to life stuff. Cause you know, if you want to get in shape, you got to just move your body, right? We, we right, know right. that. Um, you want to if you want to if you want to become a better better ninja warrior like there's specific gyms where you have to train and I understand mm -hmm. like I understand it's it's not easy and I understand how uncomfortable it is I, I'm with you I think a lot of people struggle they have their goal and they have where their life is now and things that they're unhappy with but they don't really know that that inter that interstep now while I love the the motivational metaphor of the physical sometimes people don't even know where to find that first step. Uh, yeah. and, and, and as soon as they get discouragement, they, they back off cause they think that must be a sign that that's not the step. So how, do you have any advice for how to find that, that first life changing step and then how to stay motivated? Even if you don't, even if you don't see where it's going. Yeah, that's, that's such a terrific insight. And, you know, I am a huge believer and advocate on, on mindfulness and mental health. And as someone who's always been aspirational for better or worse, because sometimes I've sacrificed the present moment for the future, which mm -hmm. is a trap we can always mm -hmm. fall into. Mm -hmm. But one word that I encourage a lot of the professionals, whether they're executives or athletes that I work with is to explore. 
And why I think that's so powerful is because it gifts us. And I use that word intentionally. It's giving yourself a gift of, you know what? I'm just not going to judge this for a little while. I'm going to call up this person and ask some questions and I'm not going to judge it. I'm going to write on a piece of paper 10 possible first steps and I'm not going to think of one and say, that's stupid. I'm just going to write it down mm-hmm. and just explore. Maybe maybe looking on the internet or listening to some interviews or gifting yourself the freedom to try something without the commitment of it being perfect. Maybe you do take that cooking class. You get one in and you're like, you know what? This actually wasn't for me. I was off the mark on this. But if we don't try and explore, we're not going to get enough feedback and intel because we need information to make a really wise decision. Mm-hmm. And, and I think about my career path now. OK, I'm a keynote speaker. But what were those what were those uh, pieces that led to it? I was a U.S. lacrosse coach of the year, a stand up comedian and a TV host, three chapters of my life that at their time I loved so much. And then as they progressed, I explored other things and it allowed to piece together a puzzle that feels very full to me. And why I say that is that if we cut ourselves off without just gifting yourself the chance to explore, to try, to experiment without judgment, mm-hmm. we're really not going to get an honest feedback of, of what might be right for you. Interesting. Interesting. And then baked into that, of course, is this notion of being outside of your comfort zone. Because you can't explore, yes. you can't explore in your comfort zone. There's no, no great. Uh, what is it? Uh, fair weather may, never made a great sailor, um, right? Right. So you're never going to get to that place where you kind of see what those next steps could be if you don't put yourself in in, in discomfort. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, uh, Alex, I want I want to talk a little bit more about the specifics of because we've gotten so sidetracked and I love it, but I want to get more into the specifics of what the uh the fail proof system is and what those what those six steps are so we'll be right back awesome alex before we were talking sort of in in generalities about how to be uncomfortable how to suck how to how to fail um and i i really do you you know you have your system and i really want to get into what that system is you have to give us all this stuff because i want people to buy your book but i do want to i do want to understand like what those six steps to being fail proof are because you know, we are all yeah. full of self-doubt right now. And, and a lot of us, yep. a lot of us have been fired or in a career change yep. at a life stage that we never planned on uh, because of so many things. So, so take us through what those six steps are and, and how we can, how we can dive through that. Yeah. And, and, and thanks so much for, for sharing that. And it's, it's funny, you know, we talked about the micro and the macro and um, these final three steps, So the first step is claiming your goals, Mm -hmm. claiming goals that actually matter to you in a world where there's so much noise, so much busyness, and other people need things from you all the time. Mm. It's often, it's tough to honor goals that actually matter. So the first step is gifting yourself, like we talked about, to explore your life, your personal life, your relationships, your career, and say, what do you actually want? What do you actually want? And allow yourself, even as I say that, Part of me in feel it feels like this little hook that's like, what if it doesn't work out? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's the gift of exploration. Just explore it. You don't have to do it, but write them on a paper because you and I both know when that one comes to the surface that you really want, it's beyond words. It's beyond our minds. Your body's going to let you know, yep, that's the one. Mm-hmm. Step two is make it real. Okay. Put it in the land. Get it off the paper. Get it out of your ideas. Put it in this world. There's no step too small. Just make it real. That's step two. Step three is, all right, now the wheels are in motion. It's in this real. It's in the real world. What is the biggest action you could take? 
Any action is going to be uncomfortable. Of course it is. So why not take the biggest one possible and just gift yourself again freedom to think what would be the biggest way to make this real? Now, step four and five, four, five, and six, what's really exciting about these is that once you've done the first three and you've identified a goal that actually matters, you've made it real and you've committed to it with big Mm -hmm. action, now you can hyperdrive four, five, and six because now this is where most people stop. It's when we hit setbacks. So for instance, with me, it's like, okay, I go to American Ninja Warrior Gym. All the athletes are there that I admire who are, you know, a lot of them. I'm in this training group in Colorado. It is literally five of the best American Ninja Warriors, and I'm with them, and they get up and they do something. I'm like, sheesh, how do you even (laughs) do that? And then they're watching, and it's time for me to get up there. And I go, and it is not how it looked for them. It is different. So here's what happens every single time, whether we make a mistake, we miss a deal, or we have a miscommunication. Step four is we have an emotional reaction. We are humans, we're not robots, and we're going to have an emotional Mm -hmm. reaction. Now, depending on who you are, your hardwiring, your personality, that might be a big and bold, ah, crap, and you Mm -hmm. scream. Mm -hmm. Or, and this has happened to me, maybe you just quietly get a little bit more disengaged. Yeah, yeah. You don't scream, you don't throw anything, but you just kind of back away yeah. from your commitment. I'm a big dissociator. That's that's my that's my mo when I'm when I when I feel really? resistance, I dissociate. Like exactly how you're talking about. I'm just go ah, maybe that's not for me, and I move on. And even though I maybe I really wanted that thing. Ah, uh, you 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 absolutely nailed it right there. And that's where you know it begins with brave honesty too, of being bravely honest and saying, okay, there is a part of myself that doesn't want to do this because it's uncomfortable or frustrating or embarrassing. Mm-hmm. But I know that I want to do it. So, okay, really, really, where is the choice? Where is the choice? And this is often where most people either quit or more commonly, they just delay. They put that goal back on a shelf or quite literally, they just wait to try it again. They wait days, weeks, months until it builds up in them and then they go and do it again. But mm-hmm. what if you didn't have to lose that valuable yeah. time? Yeah. So yeah. The, the duration between reaction to response is the biggest variable and it's also the one that I have found is the most overlooked or people eye roll. Yeah, 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 I know, emotions, whatever. It is everything. So if you can tighten up your response time, and that's really where I learned because in my first years of doing American Ninja Warrior, I was failing so many times an hour that I was like, I got to systemize this because if I still get keep getting worked up about every fail, the gym's going to close. I'll be in the parking lot mm-hmm. wallowing. <laughs> so I it literally, you know, John Kabat-Zinn has a great mindfulness quote. Uh, you can't stop the waves, but you can learn how to surf. And what that means to me is like, okay, you screwed up. Great. Here's the wave. I'm angry. I'm frustrated. I'm disappointed. Boom, the wave's gone. Now let's get back to it. Step five is simply what is one thing that you could do better? I call it your golden nugget, meaning you just were out. You poured into this. You uncovered this golden nugget of information. What is one thing that you could have done better? Maybe you could have prepared more. Maybe you could have showed up earlier. Maybe you could have more clearly communicated or fully committed, whatever it is to you. Mm-hmm. But every time – and there's probably a dozen, right, that we could have done better. Right. But if you just find one thing. Okay, maybe I could have left more time. Maybe I could have done a little bit more research on the person that I was meeting with. Just find one because you earned it. That's step five. And then step six is to fully commit again with full effort and belief, which can be very difficult because if you just botched a pitch or you screwed up on a date or someone dumped us, it's tough to fully commit and to fully believe that it can be better. 
I, you know, that really aligns with an old adage that I've heard is, you know, I never, I never lose. I either win or I learn. And that's oh, so good. And that's exactly what you're describing, right? Is that you, 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 if you're, if you take those failures and you turn them in, into life lessons. Um, I do have, a, I, I do have a question. Do you have any advice for when, you know, for, for, for the mindset that starts to happen when you have an opportunity and you blow it. And I know that you want to, you know, you want to learn something. Okay. I, I love the point. You want to research it more, uh, research the person you're meeting with more next time. You want to, you know, get up a little earlier, warm up a little bit more, whatever those things are. What about the mindset that says, uh, I'll never have this opportunity again. I'll never have, that's an, it's a gone opportunity. And, and, and I'm just going to be, you know, that, that I know a lot of people and myself included get into their head with that, with that notion so that that's demotivating. Well, I would just say, first off, is brave honesty. You will never have that opportunity again. Mm. You, will, you will never have that opportunity again. So just, I would say, first off, is acknowledge the truth and accept the truth that you can't go back in time. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you, nor would you want to live in a reality where we're constantly focusing on what we woulda, coulda, shoulda. What I will promise you is that you are creating your future right now, mm-hmm. and you will never have that opportunity again but who knows the opportunities that might lay in front of you mm-hmm. and, and, and to not necessarily judge them or critique them against the past ones. You know, this year on American Ninja Warrior, I went out. So you train 364 days for one run that you may or may not get invited to come compete. 700,000 mm-hmm. people apply. Only a few hundred get the chance to compete. So you don't even know. And then when you get there, it's not like I came from lacrosse. We got 15 games, four quarters, 20 minutes in a quarter. It's not like that. You get one run. And I made it as far as I'd ever made. And I really had the ability. And, and I was a ninja warrior capable of clearing the course. And I made a strategic choice, put a hand somewhere that was incorrect, and I fell. And I have thought about that. Gosh, I can't tell you how many times I've been up at night thinking of, well, why didn't you just move your hand here? I'll be in the shower doing the <laughs> hand movement, you yeah. know? Yeah. yeah. But here's the truth. I will never, ever, ever, ever be on season 2021 of American Ninja Warrior. Now, I very well may commit right now, give it everything I have, get invited back and compete on American Ninja Warrior season 2022. And who right. knows what will happen? Right. Or life might have other things in store for me. But all I know that I can do right now is commit to goals that actually matter to me. And in this moment right now, I freaking love American Ninja Warrior. I love (laughs) the sport and I love who it pushes me to become. I love that it keeps me as an athlete. It pushes me to be athletic. It gives me friends. It gives me growth. It gives me opportunities. And so you know what? It's all beautiful. And if I get invited back, oh, baby, I'm going to give it everything I have. But if I don't, I'm still thankful for the experiences and what it's led me to. And so what I would just say is – to accept the truth that you can never go back, but to use those experiences to fuel yeah. you forward. Do you have any advice for how to cultivate that mindset? I mean, aside from like reading your book and committing to whatever steps are, are in there, how do you begin to cultivate that mindset of, uh, I mean, I, I love that you get, you give yourself permission to have the emotional reaction before you, before you go yeah. through the learning process. Cause so many people, I think skip that step. I think so many people think they have to push those emotions down and just say, uh, you know, I, I just need to, I just need to bounce back. I can't, I can't actually react to it. So I know that having that emotion reaction is a, is actually a great key step to that. But what other advice do you have to sort of begin to cultivate that mindset of learn and move forward, learn and move forward? Cause so many of us dwell on the past. And, and you're so right. I mean, you know, in 2020, uh, I went through one of the darker periods of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with everything obviously going on in the world, but right at that time, I also broke my hand. 
Mm. Uh, which meant that I was going to miss American Ninja Warrior 2020. My mom was sick. Mm. I actually was going through a breakup. And it was one of those jokes to just put it on my tab. And uh, I, I was rocked. And why I say that is because I have come from a background, especially in athletics, where it's just like, be a robot, put emotions away, lock mm-hmm. it up and keep going. Mm-hmm. And there was a period that I did lock up those emotions. And what I realized is that if we don't find a beneficial way to deal with them, which might be crying, it might be punching a bag or punching a pillow, it might be screaming, it might be beautifully journaling, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. But if we don't find an outlet, it, it's going to pop out in destructive ways. So I just want to say like, if you're at the meeting that didn't go great, there's probably not the time to scream or punch a pillow, right. but find <laughs> a productive way to quite literally process, digest, and get that out of you. Um, and, and then part two is, this is the truth. You know, When I coached and was coming up my first year coaching, uh, there's a phenomenal guy, Andrew McDonald, who, who he said to me and the team, he said, win. What's important now? And it's just – I don't mean to oversimplify and I don't mean to go jock talk, but I've looked at that in so many areas of life and it's, it's painfully true. It's just whatever happens, you screw up and you get a speeding ticket or you say something you shouldn't or, or, or a date or a dinner party doesn't go great. What's important now? Win. Make the next play. Use it. Learn from it and then fully commit because at the end of the day, if we really go – and this is what I'm most passionate about – is there is a stark binary one zero fork in the road and that fork is you either quit or you commit. Mm-hmm. You either quit on yourself and what you really want. You quit on the people who look to you or you decide, you know what? I don't know what's going to happen. Who the heck does? But I'm still going to stay committed to myself and what I want for this life. Yeah. Yeah. And then that, I think that is a, a beautiful place for us to begin to wind this down. If you would like to find uh, a, a rubric for that kind of commitment, the book is Failproof, Becoming the Unstoppable You, with a link to where to buy that in the show notes. Alex, I'm going to ask you two last things that I asked everybody. First mm-hmm. and foremost, aside from buying the book, again, link in the show notes. Guys, get it. Uh, where? How can people follow up with you? I appreciate that so much. And uh, yeah, so I'm Alex Weber is my handle and website on everything. One B and Weber. And uh, please do reach out to me. It means the world if you get the book. And I also run uh, complimentary support groups for people who buy the book just because that gives me uh, a lot of fulfillment and connection as well. So uh, I, I would just love to hear from you. Uh, so a, a link to, uh, I'm Alex Weber on, on social media will be in the show notes as well. One last question, Alex, and I ask it to everybody. What is one thing we can all start doing today that will make our lives a whole lot better. Brave honesty. Yeah. Brave honesty with ourselves, knowing that it is okay to look at things in our lives and it's okay to simply say, you know what? I'd like for this to be a little better. Yeah. And that is okay. That's not weakness. There's no shame in it. It's not an impossibility, mm-hmm. but it does start with us just being brave and honest. Uh, is there a way to begin to cultivate that? I mean, you know, you have your system of, of, uh, you know, do, do one thing, make that first step and then look for the dump, the, the dive in. I feel like, uh, I feel like a lot of us have ingrained habits of being dishonest with ourselves. How do you begin to cultivate, uh, this sort of bold honesty with yourself? Yeah, it's such a phenomenal, you, you know, pushback on it. And I would just say, just just remember that there's a lot of voices in our head. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of voices where, where, you know, we're all a little bit schizophrenic and I, I mean mm-hmm. that in a sincere way. Yeah. And, and so what I would say is just have a conversation and, and a, an easy hack into that is I joke with people. I call myself webs 
And so I'll notice if I'm doing something that's really not my best self, part of me will just say, come on, Webs, like, is that really what you want to do? Right. Or, you know, what, what, what is the benefit in that? Yeah. And, and why I say that is if you can just simply create a dialogue, mm. it just pulls our head out of these rapids of busyness and habits. And, and then we can just kind of have a discussion. And, and I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes I'll ask myself, Webs, I don't know if that's your best self. Do you really want to do it? And I'll still do it because I'm human. <laughs> I'll still have 10 cookies because whatever. But they're delicious. starting that dialogue. Yeah, of course. <laughs> simply starting that dialogue is the first step to changing it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I like, uh, I like journaling and I think mindfulness meditation is a great, is a great path into that because you really get, you get practiced in quieting those, like you just refer to it as a myriad of voices. Yeah. Uh, you get yes. practiced in quieting those extra voices in your head. Yes. Oh, I love that. All right. Well, Alex Weber, uh, again, the book is fail proof, become the unstoppable you check it out. You can also get the audio book that Alex narrates himself. So if you want to get that positive, pumped-up feeling, check that out. Again, uh, link to where to buy that in the show notes. And uh, Alex, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. I, I appreciate it so much. That's it for our show today. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, if you guys like the show, please rate, comment, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. It helps us out so much. We really appreciate it. Don't forget to follow us, uh, facebook.com slash John Tesh. I'm Gib Gerard. You can find me uh, at Gib Gerard on Instagram and Twitter or facebook.com slash Gib Gerard. Uh, folks, I try to respond to every DM, every mention of the show, because ultimately I do this show for you guys. So thank you so much for listening.